0: Coming up, it's Philosophy Talk's election special.
1: Let's look beyond the horse race at some of the bigger questions raised by this campaign. Why vote at all? It's really important, even if your vote doesn't change the outcome, that you contribute to this experience of mass participation. Stanford political scientist, Emily Chapman. How do you justify the two-party system? You have to choose some way to reflect people's preferences in a democratic system. And they all have their pluses and minuses. Elaine Kamark from the Brookings Institution. Can democracy survive the amount of money in our elections? We have a choice. We can either have great wealth in the hands of a very few people, or we can have a democracy. We cannot have both. Former Secretary of Labor Robert Reich question your electoral assumptions. It's a philosophical election special.
0: Coming up on Philosophy Talk. If you enjoy our program, there are lots of ways you can support what we do. Subscribe to our enormous archive of past episodes. Buy subscriptions for the thinkers in your life. Purchase someone a mug, tote, or tea at our new online shop. Or make a tax-deductible donation by going to philosophytalk.org. Please do your part to help keep us on the air and online. Thank you for listening. And thank you for thinking. And now, on with the show. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. Our program comes to you from the studios of KALW San Francisco.
1: We continue conversations that began at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus. That's where Ken teaches philosophy, and I did for 40
0: years. Today, it's a special edition of Philosophy Talk. We're looking beyond the horse race, asking some of the philosophical questions raised by this year's presidential election.
1: Trump and Clinton dominate the headlines in part because the Republican and Democratic parties dominate our government, which leaves a lot of people wishing they had more viable third-party options. So why do we have the two-party system we do? We'll talk with Elaine Mark from the Brookings Institution. In a democracy, you do end up with something that a lot of people don't like because you have to make compromises.
0: Now, some of the dissatisfaction with the major party nominees also stems from the influence of money on every aspect of the campaign and politics in general. We'll examine the role of money in politics with former Secretary of Labor Robert Reich. If we are free and equal
1: citizens, we actually should have an equal opportunity to influence political debate. Now, what if you're so dissatisfied with the candidates that you wonder if you should vote at all? Well, you'd be in good company. The U.S. has some of the lowest voter participation in the world.
0: We'll be joined in just a bit by Stanford political scientist Emily Chapman. We'll ask her whether voting is a choice or a duty.
1: First, we sent our roving philosophical reporter, Shuka Kalantari, to put that question to potential voters. She files this report. And I come to ask you to go all out. To get every Negro in this county registered to vote.
2: Martin Luther King Jr. delivered this speech in South Carolina in 1966. But this is the way we are going to straighten up the South and the nation. He told his African-American audience to head to the polls and create positive change for their community and their country
1: freedom and dignity for their spirit, education and culture for their minds. Let us march on ballot boxes. If your vote doesn't count to begin with, why do you vote? Why should you
2: vote? Not everyone thinks voting is the way to go.
1: I do not vote partially because living in California, I figure the presidential election is pretty much decided anyway. Not like we're in a swing state. I don't feel that voting is going to, it's not going to have an impact on the inherent violence and corruption in the system. I feel like if I did vote, it would be more for my own sort of self-validation of feeling like I was contributing when it probably wouldn't actually make a difference.
2: Many argue there's no point in voting because we have a two-party system that limits chances of any true democracy. In fact, our founding father, George Washington, thought all political parties sucked. In his farewell address of 1796, he wrote,
3: The alternate domination of one faction over another, sharpened by the spirit of revenge, natural to party dissension, is itself a frightful despotism.
2: And then, there's money. There's a lot of it in politics. According to Open Secrets, three months before the 2016 presidential elections, Hillary Clinton had received over $430 million in campaign contributions, over half of them from corporations. Our two-party, money-loving political system is flawed. But we still have a moral obligation to vote,
3: right? People keep pushing for this line that, like, if you don't vote, it's shameful and blameworthy.
2: Jason Brennan is professor of strategy, economics, ethics, and public policy at Georgetown University and the author of the ethics of voting.
3: I don't really feel like you need to be told you're a bad person if you don't vote to get you to the polls.
2: Brennan says people can practice their civic duty by writing letters to the editor, working as doctors, or plumbers, or any productive job that contributes to the social good.
3: You could do many, many other things, and it's not clear why voting is special.
2: He says even if people have a narrow conception of civic virtue, where being a good member of society is simply engaging in politics, it's still not clear why you have to vote.
3: So suppose it turned out Obama had like never voted. It'd be weird to go up to him and say, well, you're, I guess you don't have civic virtue, you failed. He would be able to reasonably say, no, I just—I exercise and exhibit civic virtue through other means other than voting.
2: Brennan says if you do decide to vote, then you are morally obligated to study up on the facts. Know your politics, know your history, know your candidates, and if you don't know, don't go to the ballot box.
3: You have an obligation to be a good voter in the same way that you're not obligated to become a parent, but if you do decide to become a parent, you should be a good parent.
2: Georgetown's Jason Brennan does vote in presidential elections. Not because he thinks he's morally obligated to do so, but because he believes it's one of many ways he can be civically virtuous. But Brennan could just as easily go write a letter to an editor. In fact, you can write us a letter about this episode by emailing Comments at philosophytalk.org. I'm Shuka Kalantari, and I approve this message.
0: To hear the rest of this program, head to philosophytalk.org. Thank you for listening.
1: And thank you for thinking.